This is Mason Bennett, and you're listening to UND Football 360. 41 second-half points, and the Hawks soar past Drake. This week, an old Big Sky foe with an axe to grind comes into the Alaris Center. It's the Lumberjacks and Fighting Hawks in a Potato Bowl mashup, and this is UND Football 360. This is UND Football 360, Shannon Schweigert, along with former Fighting Sioux All-American Kelly Howland, 2001 National Champ Matt Nelson. And gentlemen, it's Potato Bowl week. It's time to get your starch on. Exciting times for the Fighting Hawks, exciting times at the Alaris Center. Grand Forks loves the Potato Bowl. I I grew up in Grand Forks, and that was the early 80s on, and they loved it then. (laughs) <laughs> they love the potato bowl and you, you know i think they love it because there's like the activities all week everyone's back okay summer's officially kind of over i think when the potato bowl comes around i don't know yeah, i call, call it call yep. it that but this uh, time summer's over but and und always wins we always win the potato bowl so they know they can show up should get should get a five digit crowd you know, on hand and everyone will be they always have a good time last potato bowl we dropped 2018 to idaho state you know, oh, we, we struggle with the Bengals. We struggle with the Bengals. Okay, oh, Maddie Nelson, Maddie Nelson, other than French fries, the best potatoes. Best way to eat potatoes. Oh, uh, potato salad. Oh, you're wrong. No way. No, it's garlic mashed. Kelly Howe, other than French fries and garlic mashed potatoes, the best way to eat potatoes. Baked. Oh, baked, that's baked, pretty tough. salt. Butter. That's Cot- cottage fries, butter. you know, a cross-cut yep. cottage fry and everything else. You know, let's face it, there's no wrong Is there a way. bad potato? <laughs> there is. Is there a, a bad and, potato? And you just, now I, now I know what I'm bringing for tailgating. I'm going to make potato salad. I was going to bring uh, my cabbage, but it's potato bowl. you got to bring potato salad. Folks, you're listening to UND Football 360. We're going to get you ready for a 3 p.m. kickoff. It's the Fighting Hawks and the Lumberjacks of Northern Arizona coming into the Alaris Center. UND Football 360 is brought to you by Rumor Sports Bar, Grill and Casino, Development Homes Incorporated, Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota, and Kelly Howe Agency, Nodak Mutual Insurance. And in our opener, Mason Bennett, Big Mace, was back. And there's a guy who knows something about potato balls. Yeah, hell of a player. I mean, get him. I still go back to that. I am getting him out of Winnipeg and uh... – the job he did, the player he turned into, and yeah, he was a very, very successful recruit. We had a nice little run out of Winnipeg there with him and Brady Oliveira, you know, coming in at the same class, I believe. Yeah. Same class. Yeah, same yes. class. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind us getting back up there again because that uh, they've treated when the when we can get them to show up, they treat them well. It's the ones that never showed up were the or the issue. But it's uh, when we get them here on campus, they're pretty good players in Canada. And it's better weather for them too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's seventy. That seventy miles makes a big difference. It does. Oh, I'm you. As soon as you as soon as you cross that border, it gets really warm. Um, <laughs> Kelly, we got a Kelly and Matt uh, guys. We've got a, a blockbuster, chock full first segment here. We're gonna rewind the Hawks victory over Drake 55 to 7 over the Bulldogs and that's in our Kelly Howe Agency Nodak Mutual Insurance Rewind. We're going to take a trip around the Missouri Valley Football Conference see how some of our conference foes fared last week, how who they're looking at this week and then in our Development Homes 360 guest it's Mitch Stroman who is the longtime voice of 
the Lumberjacks. We're going to start with Matty Nelson this week. Matty, your first takeaway from the Hawks' victory over Drake. Well, UND Football 360 fans, uh, you can't be disappointed with a 55-7 to win. That's a great way to start the season. Uh, now, if you look, just look at the first quarter, a few things were a little shaky in that first quarter, but eventually we got the ball rolling. Uh, looks like we settled in a little bit, and you know, it kind of looked like we were kind of unsure of how to treat this team at first. You know, we were a little, right. little dicey in that first quarter. We had the miss kicks, whatever, um, but then we settled in and. I don't know. I, I thought that maybe, well, we're not playing Nebraska, so we don't have to be amped up like we were last year, the first game. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we, we're better than this. We need to settle down and just play football. Yeah. Came out of the half, ready to go. Um, and once again, I don't think they made any halftime adjustments. There are no adjustments. They always talk about halftime adjustments. Half to, it's going in and settling down and saying, let's start playing. Let's start playing football again. Let's go have fun. And the coaches might say yeah let's get rid of this package let's just get rid of this package the the halftime adjustments for a staff are about 10 seconds worth of talking <laughs> you know quick let's yeah. not run that don't, anymore. don't let's run that do again okay <laughs> yep uh, we, need, we need to run that again this stuff's working let's do this all right sounds good and then they head out and first play a second half but z-barth bust a long run so uh, it was uh it was a good performance it was fun crowd seemed to have fun they made a lot of we're making a lot of plays out there to entertain the crowd. Danny Freund was doing his usual thing, keeping people entertained. You know, it's stuff we like. Bo, uh, Bo Belquist was doing his usual yep. magic tricks. He was good, and Drake, Drake's a good team. They're a solid they're, team. I'm not going to stand here and say they're a top 25 team, but they're a solid program. And no the scholarship that, team, but yeah, very good, well coached. Okay, yes. I'm going to put the Todd Steps does kids. a nice job. They what I like about it, they made UND work defensively and offensively. They came out with wrinkles in the first game. They're, UND didn't have many wrinkles Okay, in this game. Their defense was very vanilla. And Drake was putting a few wrinkles on them, you know, especially offensively with that quick huddle where they, they huddle about three yards away from the ball and then run up to the line and snap it. Well, that was to keep – that was so that UND couldn't adjust their pressures based on formation. So they had no time to yell out a pressure quick, hey, change the blitz, you know, whatever. There was no time left. That's a little wrinkle they added. Now, give them credit. So it took away UND's pressures. They had to go with the call from the sideline. Well, Drake takes on all comers in uh, a week from this Saturday. They're going to take on South Dakota State at Target Field, right. another Missouri Valley football conference. So they don't shy away from uh, big matchups. And most often they have to go on the road. So I, I thought they came out as a formidable opponent, and that's that's how we previewed them uh, last week as well. You're listening to the Kelly Howe Agency, NODAC Mutual Insurance Rewind. And, you know, sometimes you do have to look back, folks. And with Kelly Howe Agency, you're never going to have to look back on your insurance coverage. It's going to be right every time. We got the man right here in front of us. He's one of our sponsors. He's one of our football experts. And, Kelly, you're one week longer into your new career of insurance. How's it going this far? Going well. Going well, getting out and about is good talking with people up at the game last weekend. That was the thing. We didn't, didn't talk business much, but you get out and you see more people, see people you haven't seen for a long time. That's the key. Uh, it's been fun. I like it. And, you know, we look at these, review this game, Sh Shannon. I got notes. Can I? I I'm going to give you two things to okay. start you out on. I'm going to give okay. you two things. Um, and this is thanks to Tyler Wells uh, at Media Relations up at UND Football. UND currently has the most offensive yards per game after one game. 
652 and the most offensive yards per play at 9.98. That's what they accomplished last week. And let's talk about left tackle Easton Kilty. He was the Missouri Valley Football Conference Offensive Lineman of the Week. We were high. Kilty coming into the year, and I think, Matt, he uh, lived up to it, played yeah, well. Yeah, did his job. We we were excited. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about how excited we were about the offensive line. This is the best offensive line that we've had. Nothing against the previous guys in the last few years, but we were excited about the run game. We were excited about this group of five and going into um, – this this season and man Easton Kilty he brought it uh we could run the football behind him uh it was exciting to watch once we got moving in that second quarter uh boy and in the second half it was yeah kudos to him yeah I'm going going down my list um Tommy a plus I mean he he looked good he missed oh I think he missed one throw and then I suppose I shouldn't focus on missing one throw when you go 22 for 26 or 264 <laughs> yards so well it, it like they're putting the right up ho-hum it's just another effort uh 264 yards three touchdowns it's like nobody's even talking about him mm-hmm. he went 22 of 26 <laughs> guys nobody's really talking about him we're it's an expectation at this point yeah it is and well, enjoy what you're seeing UND yeah. fans that's all I can say and just the fine print underneath Tommy here, uh, you know, he was the one that got us going in this game. You know, nothing was really in sync and off on offense. He was okay. We need to score score a touchdown. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it myself. I'm going to get into the yeah. end zone. He was our first touchdown of the year. Yeah, little Every, shimmy just, shake, out a little there. shimmy shake, and yep. he did it. You know, that's what good players. That's that's the leadership role that Tommy Schuster has taken, and. Uh, it's exciting to watch because he's he he owns this offense. He's really it is, um, it is he, his, isn't it? He, Danny's kind of tailored it, it to. Yeah, and it's him. exciting to watch him just fulfill that role and everybody rally around him. And uh, this is a good offense because yeah, of that. Defensively, I know it's I, I'm okay with it. Like, they only gave up seven points and it was garbage touchdown when it was a forty-one to nothing, and it was fourth down. So you and he held them to fourth down to get quarterback scrambled out, find an open guy. And that was the one touchdown they gave up. So I'm not I'm not down on the offense. Just four fourth down stops. Those are turnovers. And they don't go in the turnover column, but right. that in my mind, I always count those as turnovers just in the back of your head. Psychologically, so, yeah. Yeah, well it is. I it, mean it, right. it's so they had four fourth down stops. Um Wyatt Pedigo very active. I don't know. I mean, he's. He I don't know if he listened to what we talked about a few weeks ago, but he stepped <laughs> yeah. it up. Yeah, he was. He was very good. Very. And what did I? I were putting the right up. Twenty-one quarterback hurries. <laughs> I've never seen that before. That's yeah, insane. The, the Zero Hawks, sacks though. Zero sacks. Credit to twenty-one hurries. Yeah, credit hurdies. to Luke Bailey. But that yeah, kid well, was. He was running for his life. Did, one of the, they recorded we picked one. off the ball one once. Didn't we? Didn't we pick it off? Yeah, we had an intercept. Yeah, we had one yep. intercept. Was that yep. from the? Was he in the backfield rushing him though? Was he hurrying him up? Pedigo? Yeah, I don't remember. That's a good question. I'd have to go. I just watched it the other day, but I was more looking for the pass. The That'd receiver. be interesting to find out. But yep. if if that's the the cause and the result of that play, right? That's yep. that's a, just as good of a sack difference. Yeah. So they the defense I thought overall played well. Pass coverage. Left a little to be desired, I think. Um, 
seam route, couple seam routes. The one the kid dropped, and then he got hit, but he dropped it before he got hit. So yeah, that he could have caught that. He yeah, oh, he could have sure. caught that ball. And I was on yep. the the his backside, so it looked like yep. he got in there and knocked it out of his hands. And then I saw the replay up. On and the I screen. don't mean to nitpick. I mean, it was five well, to seven. Right? Right? He gave but, up a but, first but, down. You know, you got to Northern Arizona's going to see this. It's a, it's right? a teachable moment. It has right. to be a teachable yep. moment. We we did give up a first down on on a third down. Um, down along their sideline. Oh, the uh, long pass. Long that was uh, I I replayed that. That was quarters coverage. Um, Edmund O'Kansi just got caught looking in the backfield. Yep. Edmund he got looked. he got. I think he started running with him, and then he kind of looked and he thought maybe something else was happening. Well, then the guy blew by him, and then he caught up, tackled him. Well, it happens. All right, everybody gets beat. Everybody, it's the first game of the year. He's young. He just started playing last right. year, so whatever. I mean, it happens. It was, that was their longest gain of the day, and it was just a you know, a blown coverage is all it was. So, I don't know. I was all right. I was all right defensively mad. I don't know. I'll, I'll turn to you in a sec. But, I, it, you know, Drake was only 6 of 18 on third down. That's good. You know, the numbers came in r- really good for the UND defense. There, But there's a lot of, like you said, Chant, a lot of teachable moments that they'll find on tape and fix before this week. Yeah, I, I concur. I think that it's a good game to build off of where Drake is a very good opponent. Uh, they do everything correctly, so it's not – just a an opponent, you know, like we used to play Minnesota Crookston where we just kind of dominate yeah. them and, you know, coaching, whatever. Um, but Drake is a very good football program. They're well coached. They're doing things correctly. Uh, so it's we can get our fits. We can see where we're going to line up at. And it's a good test for us, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, hats off to Joel Schwensfire. I mean, I, th- I think that's game. First game. Uh, good win. I think our defensive scheme was dialed in. Um, yeah, a few different little things here that we, you know, could have turned bad against a different opponent. We didn't. We didn't do much. But, of a, it was pretty vanilla too. So I mean, he could have right. brought more pressure he, if he really wanted. Right. To, but but what I liked was that guys were actually making plays. They were beating those guys one on one and yeah. hurrying up the quarterback. That's that's good what point. we talked about we need guys make it in just a regular straight up base defense we need guys beating their guy one-on-one and we got that in the drake game and that's good muscle memory going into conference play where okay i can beat this guy or uh vice versa that i can't do this against an opponent before we get to our listener questions i'm going to put this out um for you guys we haven't talked about the defensive line yet um, I did take a look. I concentrated uh, on their efforts in the first half. Uh, let's talk a little bit about our man, Jeffries, number zero, um, in the middle. And I'm uh, going to turn it to Kelly. Kelly, what did you see on our defensive front this past weekend? Speaking of that, he's got a little got a little fire to him. I like it. You know, I mean, we don't. We don't need any babies along the, the defensive line. We don't. We don't need nice guys. We don't need that. Okay, they gotta. They gotta get a little mad. Get a little fired up. He got into it after some plays with some guys. I like that. Um, I saw a nice wall a lot, quite a bit. I mean, that's his job. Hold it up. I saw him arms locked out, fighting in there, battling, bouncing, making the making the runner bounce. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what what their job is on the inside. Craig Orlando, Elijah Beach. I saw one. Time, what was it? Third and one, third and two, something like that. UND brought in Beach, Orlando, and Griffin. And Griffin. All three yep. came in. So their three nose guards were the three defensive linemen. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that was interesting. And there, there's yeah. some there's some beef on that. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're we're speaking specifically Jeffrey Griffin Jr., the transfer from Northern Illinois. Yeah. Um, and you know, 
That's what I saw too, Kelly. I thought he held his own, and that was a that was a place for improvement coming into the season. And then it's on the linebackers. Yep. They got they got to be able to scrape over the top, make the plays, watch it bounce. You know, I mean, you got to if those guys are making it bounce, we're in business. If they're shooting through the hole without even having to make a cut, that's when we get that's when we get in trouble. Uh, Matt, uh, a special area of emphasis for you is always the outside linebackers. You talked about it being a key coming into this season. You wanted to see some improvement. What did you see out of our outside linebacking core? I, th- I think we did a good job. Drake, Drake's game plan was, you know, a little – they threw stuff at us. They threw some wrinkles at it. I think we handled it well, especially in the flats. Uh, we, sh- we shut some things down. Um, you know, Drake, you know, is it a good test for outside linebackers where we're not getting that hard run game? Because that's where, you know, that hard zone option uh, type of game where our outside linebackers are really out on, on an island – where they need to make reads. We didn't get a whole lot of that, so I don't know if this was the best game for getting a read on our outside line. Inside guys, yes. Our DBs, yes. Um, but I, I, we did what we needed to do for our outside game. And our um, a couple things. I saw that we were our Zeke. I forget who it was, but he was scraping alongside. He made a few backside tackles. That's where the backside outside linebacker goes all the way across the line oh, of scrimmage okay. and Navratel makes a tackle. Mullen, yeah. yeah. Yep. Nav- I Bocker, think it was Nav- Dylan Bacher made Dylan a good Bocker. play. Yep. Okay. And he made a big play. Yep. He's a backup. Yep. yep. So, and okay. so uh, I really like that where guys are flying around in the backfield making plays opposite of where they lined up. So right. so we're flying around. I think I – think, um, you know, we're going to need more out of them this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I think any, the, this week you got to get to the, the quarterback. This I mean, week will yeah. be a better test yeah. uh, for our outside backers. You're going to see much more. They're going to be on more this Correct. week, I think, both Correct. at the same time probably. Yeah, and they're going to have to make yeah. more reads from the backfield. Yeah, and, and listeners, hang in there with us later in this segment. We are going to be speaking with Mitch Stroman, the voice of the Lumberjacks, uh, to begin our preview of that. We're listening to you. Our listeners, and we have two questions that came in um, via Twitter or X, if you will. And one is about the special teams. And our our listener asks, um, what needs to improve on the special teams? I'm going to turn it to Kelly first on this one. Well, kicking wasn't good. Obviously, missed a field goal, missed an extra point. The field goal, though, laces were in. That's been clarified. I pulled up the video. I slowed it down. You can see it. I think he that kicked. was in a movie somewhere. Yeah, well, that's not, <laughs> my only point of reference is that it, that's not supposed to happen because of uh, Ace Ventura. But, um, yeah, he kicked the laces. That first field goal, and you saw it. It was just slow and yeah. weak. I mean, just a weak kick. It was wide, yeah. and dang, you're almost short, you know, and – he just missed it. All right, yeah. let's move on. Um, extra point. We can't miss those. He didn't miss any last year, I don't think at all. No, he's 45-45. No. Yeah, so I don't know. It, that's somewhat concerning because we can't – this weekend, you can't be missing extra points. Now, if you miss a field goal, all right, I understand. The, the, but... s- the snaps were not consistent. Okay. Snap is very important on those okay. extra points. And on that, we had a couple hops. Um, okay. and And we're going to have to – we have a new long snapper – um, and we're going to have to um, improve timing. The, the timing. Timing was off. Then timing yep. was off. Yep. And and when your kicker has stutter step, you know that that's a a problem. So I think once you miss that field goal too, I think it's a psychological game that right. the kicker probably doesn't get into that much. Where you know, and then oh man, I missed the. I missed the extra point. So that's a lot for him to recover from. So hopefully reset this week. It's not an issue anymore. One thing I always like to touch on um, is kick coverage. 
because kick coverage, you remember, Matt, like even when we played and everything, it's a source of pride. And they really, I bet it was, oh, late 2000s, early two during the transition, they kind of took it to a new level. They made a pride. Like whoever gets to be the seven or eight that run down on this thing full speed, it's a source of pride. Like it was a contest. Who could get down there? Who could make the play? Right. And you could tell. I mean, it was, they were making they were making tackles inside the fifteen all the time. I I didn't see that as much. I saw good kicks. I mean, their their kicks were landing inside the inside the goal line, just inside the goal line or right there. And the Hawks used two kickers. Yep, Elrics um, came in. Uh, Elrics came in for about the last three, I think. Stevens okay. was probably before that. Elrics uh, did kick one out of bounds. Uh, he was yep. going for the corner. He did a did a nice corner kick for a fair catch. One time, but they did use two kickoff men on Saturday. I think we need more out of the kickoff team. I think we need. I saw. I looked at it's who was on it. It's young DBs. Yeah, young DBs make up half of it. Let's just say. I say is that's the way it appeared to me, along with some linebackers. But it's got to be all out. It's got you got to want it. I mean, you got to yeah, get I, down there. They had a thirty-three yard return, a twenty-two yard return. Twenty-two is okay. Thirty-three is too much. You just can't. You know, and you're going to see better athletes returning that as we move forward. Northern Arizona, right. I guarantee, is going to show up with someone who's man. better than their guy right. returning this past week. So those guys, it's they got to want it is, mm-hmm. is all I can say. And so I'm sure Sean Kostich is addressing that right now. He's going to say who wants, you know, because this, for those young DBs, like I saw Jamal Dixon and Jets and those type of guys, I saw them out there, and this is their way on the field. Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. this is your way as the nickelback or the next up. If somebody goes down, you you can make plays on special teams. All right, hey, right. that guy makes plays. Put him in there. If you don't make any plays on special teams, we're gonna put you. Are we gonna put you in? Right, and that's case in, in point. Defense? That's where Caden yeah. Coppinen got his start. Right, with the fight. Yeah, I remember he, that. He was special teams player. Yeah, uh, reckless abandon. Crazy. Just yep. crazy on special teams, and that's where Caden made his mark. Our second question that came in. Um, from a listener regarding the Hawks pass game. Is it possible, this is the question, is it possible to use all these receivers that we have, all the talent, and is this the deepest the Hawks have ever been? Uh, yes. In recent memory, yeah. yeah I can't they, imagine they, a scenario where they were deeper than this. They might have had a better player or two, right. but not nine of them. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to, you know, right. where, they could, where they could play nine. I don't know. I Look, I mean, you look at the list that caught passes. Bo Belquist, Jack Wright, Red Wilson, Wesley Elidor, Elijah Klein. Our guy's back. One hand. With touchdown. A touchdown. Yeah. One hand. Um, From Trey Feeney. Caden Dennis. Speed, I think he rolled his ankle. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if he plays this weekend. Um, Nick Kupfer went up for the back shoulder. How high was he on that one? I mean, he was going up for a rebound ways. on that one. Yep. Right. You know, that was watch. impressive. Um well, Nate DeMontak didn't catch a pass, but they tried to hit him on the long one. Um, you got all these guys. It's a good question. He, what? Here's what it takes. I'm going to come out and say this right now because this is where issues can fester, and I mean locker room issues. Mm-hmm. All eight, nine of these guys that are going to play need to be on the same page and understand that Bo Belquist is probably going to get the most targets, Okay. That's just how it's going to work. And the rest of them are going to fight for what's left over wherever Tommy needs to go with it. So some games they might get more, but on a consistent basis, it's Bo Belquist is going to get his double digit targets. Maybe, you know, if it's a normal game and we got to throw and the rest of them just do what you got to do. So we win a football game. 
That's I, I fear. I just don't want, you know, these seem like good kids. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. It's a great question when, when the seventh guy is so close to the fourth guy or the third guy. Well, they play three receivers at all times, you know, so I just hope that, you know, it just everyone says, hey, we won 55-7. Let's slap fives, get back in the locker room. Who cares how many passes you caught because next week you might get five. You know, I mean, the other guy might get zero. It's just the way it works out, and so – that's something, it's a nice, nice issue to have, and it will cover them for injuries. That's another thing I think we got to keep, keep in mind, that injuries shouldn't be an issue to this group. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's on, it's on, t- Tommy's going to go where the ball's designed to go. You know, we know that. We always appreciate um, questions from our listeners. You can reach us at our X feed, but also at undfootball360.com. Um, Thank you, listeners, for those questions. Uh, we've got a great uh, segment coming up, and before we do that, we're going to take a trip around the Missouri Valley Football Conference. We're going to take a look at some upcoming opponents on our conference schedule, where they were last week, where they uh, are headed this week. And I guess uh, let's start down in the Twin Cities with North Dakota State. North Dakota State um, went into U.S. Bank stadium to take on eastern washington they come out with a 35 10 win this week they've got maine coming in a game that is 22 years in the making this was canceled because of 9 11 back in 2001 um, when ndsu <laughs> was still a division two school uh, but the Maine black bears come into the fargo dome this weekend ah, man i mean they they don't score many points they don't they're usually i think they had a run well, a few back, a few years back, they had a little run, I think, and they made the playoffs and stuff. But yeah, it shouldn't be much of a game, I wouldn't think. The CAA is as down as it's as it's ever been, and the U.S. Bank Stadium game was indifferent as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a boring I, start to the schedule for yeah. them, you know. But well, well, when it was I scheduled, I, I well, you know, again, I think. These schedules come out so far in advance. I think it was a marquee matchup when it was scheduled. Eastern was playing a little bit better uh, brand of football. 35-10, to 10, I thought it was going to be worse. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I so. actually thought it was going to be worse. Um, but, you know, maybe that's my Missouri Valley bias now. Now that we're not in the big sky, we get to be Missouri Valley bias. Speaking of the Missouri Valley, South Dakota State um, played a team out of their division, Western Oregon again. Not sure why, um, but it's hard to get. It's hard to get teams to come in. This week, the marquee matchup in FCS, without a doubt, South Dakota State, Montana State in Brookings. Before we get into that game, let me say something. Please, close circuit to South Dakota State fans. Do not, please, for the love of God, do not start saying that FBS teams won't call you back anymore <laughs> because you're so good. I read that. Yeah, one of their guys, starting that one of their year? media guys said, no. Well, we had to play them because we couldn't find anyone. Who it's who do you true. think wants to play us? It's not true. No, that's not they it. They want too much money. Yeah, you want you're just like NDSU where you want seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars or eight hundred thousand instead of the six hundred or five fifty like everyone else gets. Okay, that's why your games aren't happening. Okay, it's not that you're too good because you just won the national championship. A couple months ago, these just these discussions happen years in advance. Okay, so it's like, oh, I read that on the internet. It was a South Dakota media guy already starting that. Yeah, it's that's not that is the not way true. it and works. We, and we know God. that from we know oh. that at North Dakota State too that there were contracts piled up on the desk 
Um, they want a lot of money yeah. uh, to go out, and they can get they can get a little bit more money, but you can't get FBS money. They're not going to get Group of Five money. And South Dakota State dealing with the same thing right now. Western Illinois, an upcoming opponent, uh, plays Illinois State. That's a, a conference game. Last week, uh, New Mexico State got them 58-21. I think it's the same old Leathernecks yeah. that we've seen before. But, hey, Shannon, sorry, I skipped over that game, though. Game of the game of the year possibility. Oh, that the Montana MSU? State. Oh, yeah, Montana a, State. I don't know, man. Um, yeah. Two two huge if, rushing offenses right. going at each I mean, I thought they State can throw, too, but they run the ball. Montana that, State runs it at will. Right. Uh, th- that's going to have playoff implications. And set the, re- I mean, set I mean, the number recorder. Number one seed implications. That, that, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. That, it's that, a, it's that, a set the recorder game. You know, we'll be is. up yeah. at the Alara Center, but set the recorder for this one. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be real good because the – you know, the South Dakota State defensive line, they handled them pretty well, I think, last year in that playoff game. And so they know what to expect. But we'll see if uh, Montana and State's adjusted they have a to lot the physicality. Of, a lot of their guys back. Yeah, I haven't even looked yeah, at they got, Montana State's roster this year. Yeah, I believe they got, they yeah, got, they got, got a lot of their guys plenty, back. Plenty back. And plenty they back. ran for a ton against Utah Tech. Rounding out, the, uh, rounding out the schedule, yeah. Northern Iowa, uh, Weber State, another mm-hmm. uh, cross-sectional, regional sectional Big Sky, uh, Missouri Valley matchup. Yep. They fall. Northern Iowa fell to Iowa State thirty to nine. Yeah, I was week. expecting more. Ugh, yeah, so boring. Like they didn't do much of anything. And I, but Iowa State didn't either. So I looked at the box score. I'm like, Iowa State didn't score. They didn't move the ball for thirty points. Okay, I put it that. I think it was in the couple hundred yards of offense, and that's it type of thing. And yeah, it was a. Real weird game. I expected more. I thought Northern Iowa could maybe win that. Uh, Theo Day did not have a good day. I think it was 164, two interceptions. So, yeah, it was a, I mean, tough start. It's, it's, right. But they usually, that Iowa game State. is always down to a field goal. Whenever they play Iowa State, it seems like. Yeah. And this one, I don't and know, kind of got away yeah. from them a little bit. So I was mildly surprised by that, by that result. Indiana State loses to Eastern Illinois oh. 27-0. They go into oh. the Big Ten this week. At Indiana, twenty-seven zero to Eastern to Illinois. Eastern at yeah. home was that at home too? Um, Jeez, I it say. appears as though it was. Yes. Yeah. What are they worse than they were last year? Uh, I mean, they were bad, but they were. <laughs> but hey, I mean, they could we they could still beat the eighth best team in the Ohio Valley. I thought they lost twenty-seven and they didn't even score. It's like, oh my gosh, I feel that. I don't know. It's just at some point between them and like Western Illinois, and now they're you got to make a decision, make a Trev Alberts type decision down there. The Hoosiers say, "Hey, do we want to put all our money into basketball?" I mean, we're already putting a ton in. I'm sure they are at Indiana State, but what's the point anymore? You know, it's like you might as well. Well, that might bring up our next, the next, uh, our newest Missouri Valley member, Murray State. uh, Whoops Mm. up on Presbyterian forty-one ten. Um, they have a matchup at Louisville this week. Down, yeah, it's uh, gonna be. Ugly. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be ugly. Uh, Presbyterian's I, down. They, that's gonna be four. They've stars. always been down, and I think they just went. They just joined the Pioneer, I think. So they were Presbyterian was Big South. I think they actually gave some money. I think they were. They they were the one that hired the guy who doesn't punt. I think that was them. That high school guy who doesn't punt. No matter he's doesn't, fourth doesn't and thirty-eight punch. on his own two, he goes for it. Going for it, yeah. He, I think they were the ones who hired that guy, but he then he already let go because it doesn't work. But, I think the, the but, Coastal Carolina guy did that too all the time, didn't he? Did the, he? That, that, the few no from idea. like eight, nine years ago, never went, 
Oh, never Maglio, the CEO yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never went on, or but, never punted yeah. on fourth down. But Presbyterian, yeah, they went, I think they went non-scholarship now and then joined the Pioneer, I believe, so they were down. But a yeah, good win for Mercy. That's what, But that's what Indiana State's supposed to, you know, supposed to kind of win these, at least get a win or two. Yeah. Good for Murray. I mean, they got their one win now. And I don't know if they'll get another one, but they're going to struggle in the valley. Yeah, uh, the Coyotes, South Dakota, uh, lost to the Tigers, Missouri, thirty-five ten this week. St. Thomas, it's a good matchup for the yeah. Coyotes. Great matchup. Good. Yeah, they'll they'll beat St. St. Thomas. Struggled mightily with Black Hill State, who I've been told Black Hill State is up, but their division they're two. still. Yeah. Rocky Mountain. They're still uh, not a power, Rocky Mountain power or anything. And right. St. Thomas struggled quite a bit. I was a bit surprised. See, here's what they're going to find. Here's what you're going to see, though. Okay, they're in the transition. We already did this. First year, woo, you know, gangbusters. Yep, you know, right. your kids are you amped up. The, right. Then the second year, they realize uh, you lose those seniors from that first year. Ah, it's awesome. Rah, rah, rah. Second year, there's a drop. There is a lull in the action when you realize we got two more years of this of no playoffs or whatever that, you know, the four-year transition thing. Mm-hmm. So there could be something like that. They might have lost a big senior class. I didn't even look. You know, I don't know. But but this happens in the transition. There's a definitely a motivation factor for these transitioning teams. And I don't know. We'll, see, got, if, we'll see if that's why it was close. I don't they got know. two you know. years left or three or was it last year their first? Last year was the first year. They might have let them count that first one when yeah. they say they're going to transition, but they play D3 sometimes. So then that's four. Okay. So now maybe three after this. So, yeah, it's – I was a bit surprised. So South Dakota, though, they'll handle them. They're always good inside the Danger Dome Danger or whatever Dome. they call that right. thing down Illinois. Yep. You know, St. Thomas will be good. And another, oh, oh. A give them a little time to give recruit. Time. Three, yeah. four years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. especially being it right in the cities there. Yep. They're the only only school in town. They're there, only, you know, the only other D1. are in their own world. So, well, but yep. they're only, so. the, the only other D1 school in Minnesota. Yep. Yep. Illinois State uh, drubbed Dayton 41 to nothing this week. They have Western Illinois. That's a, so. It's a good win for Illinois State, though. I yep. think they were the one we talked about preseason when we looked through that they don't play anybody. Like, they're going to be 5-0 and right. or some ridiculous number without mm-hmm. beating. So anybody, they're going to yeah. need they're going to need quality wins in the Missouri Valley like like they need air to breathe. I mean, they need them or they're not getting in. 7-4, and four, they aren't getting in. You know, 8-3, and three, they may be, even be on the bubble if they don't beat the right teams. Yeah, so... And we'll a future opponent, Boise State, um, Schmitty and company. Mm. The Huskies got Boise State 56-19. This week they play Central Florida. Jeez, another tough one. Another Gus. Tough one. That Gus Malzahn. Mm-hmm. That, that is. showing up. That'll be another tough one for him. But, yeah, right. yeah, I was surprised. I thought they'd give Washington a little run. Well, Schmitty's out there. Schmitty, yeah, yeah. 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 Heck of a game plan. <laughs> Schmitty knows. He's got right. after him. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well. I mean, good for them, right? At least uh, UND staff can call oh, it right. and see what worked. I guess right. and try. Yeah, I hope, we, yeah. we know them. Yeah. So yeah, it was that was that was an interesting result this weekend. Be be a good one to watch. So Central Florida and them. That's evenly matched game. They always got a ton of talent there. Is that that's Orlando? I think right. It's Orlando. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Florida. that's a they're pretty good. So yeah, Missouri Valley. It's a overall. Um, Lukewarm, yeah. normal yeah. results, so, so. nothing huge. Yeah. A little disappointing with no, no Indiana State, but but that that Illinois State win though over Dayton, forty-one nothing. That's a good win. Yeah. That's a really because Dayton's usually top four 
call it in the Pioneer, and good good win for them. We're going to shift gears and bring on our Development Homes 360 guest. And Development Homes, guys, has been doing great things for great people since 1974. Residential, transitional, vocational support services, family support, family and guardian resources. Folks, if you want to get involved with a great organization, go to developmenthomes.org and get involved. And I know, Kelly, um, Development Homes uh, Rumors is one of the gaming sites for Development Homes. Yeah, it's unbelievable in there. I've been telling, I keep telling people, you got to go in there. Well, I told you a story on the last podcast. Our buddies were in there and they cleaned up on an exacta. You can, you can bet the ponies. So, I mean, that's just, ponies is just one part. They're the only place you can do it, too. So it's a it's a great setup plus those e e gaming machines or whatever I don't do it but the, the e like, pull tabs yeah e pull tabs yeah they're all yep. over the place they're, they're all right. over the walls bright light you know, <laughs> you know? and if you have a lucky wife like I do that just puts in five bucks and wins thirty that's a great she's place one of those people she is she, I'm I, the it's crazy I know I, well I've done a hundred <laughs> like I and <laughs> quickly <laughs> as you guys know I only I only gamble on businesses I'm not a, a big gaming right. guy um, but I gamble I'm an, I'm a gambling entrepreneur. Uh, but what a great cause, uh, Development Homes, you know, to to uh, commit to our fellow uh, citizens who have a few challenges. Development Homes is out there. Their motto is empowering the person, impacting the community. Mitch Stroman has been the voice of the Lumberjacks for the better part of three decades, and he joins us this morning on UND Football 360. Mitch, welcome aboard. Janet, it's great to be aboard UND Football 360. I'm I'm delighted and and honored to to be a part of the podcast and join you guys during Potato Bowl week. Exciting time for both the the Fighting Hawks and the Lumberjacks in football. Well, it really is, and I'm going to you know because we have we're opponents this weekend, but we're always looking for common ground. You and the head ball coach at the University of North Dakota's wife, Laura Schweigert, have something in common. You are really? both Hopkins High School graduates. How about ah, that? well, what do you know? Uh, what do you know? Hopkins High School from the yeah. uh, from the Twin Cities Metro out on the west side of the Twin Cities, and back then, I, I suspect um, that uh, I was a, a little bit before her time. And when I went to that high school, it was actually called Hopkins Lindbergh High School. Okay, where they merged with uh, nearby Eisenhower and became Hopkins High School, generally speaking. But that's great, fellow Flyers. I love it. Well, I'm not going to identify the year that she graduated. It was a few years after. You know, being her brother-in-law, that's probably a good uh, a good setup for me not to identify. Uh, the year that she did graduate, but it was a few years after you, but I noted on your resume. Um, going to be a great matchup this weekend, the Potato Bowl, always a great crowd at the Alaris Center. Uh, thank you for coming on board. And one other quick question. You're a St. Cloud State Husky. Do you get to call any hockey these days? I, I don't, Shannon. I wish I did, but I don't. The, the, but the one little tidbit in that is that I did have a chance to call a St. Cloud State football game as the voice of the NAU Lumberjacks. This goes all the way back to, I believe it was 1998, and we hosted the Huskies, the, a D2 program, as you know, here in Flagstaff for a non-conference game. And it was one of those moments where here I am in Flagstaff, the voice of Northern Arizona University, playing my alma mater in football in Flagstaff. Uh, that was a, a really cool and unique experience at that time. 
Well, Mitch, this is Kelly. Uh, we're, let's jump into the game here since we, we had you on hold for a little while trying to get things <laughs> figured out. Uh, let's talk about the identity of this year's Lumberjack squad. Um, same offensive coordinator, Aaron Flugrad. Um, new defensive coordinator right before camp started, if I recall correctly. Kevin Clune came in, um, brought in a bunch of transfers. I see a handful of them are listed as starters. Now I'm the others I'm assuming are providing depth. Um, what do you see early? What are the early returns on the identity of this year's NAU squad? Well, it's still a, a, a bit difficult to, to give you a, a clear and, and honest and, you know, intellectually based assessment on the team based upon the one game that we've played so far was last Saturday for the benefit of, of the podcast listeners who, who may not know this. Uh, we opened up at the Pac-12 Arizona Wildcats. Uh, that's a game that that is a game you don't go down there thinking that you want to win it, you're playing to win it, but those games are exceedingly rare for FCS teams to win. We have won one of those occasionally, including two years ago at Arizona, but we knew they would be ready for us. Uh, they're a, a program that's that's ascending right now in Tucson and uh, a lot on the line for uh, head coach Jed Fish as they leave the Pac-12, and and they they played about as well as we expected them to play. I will say this though, gentlemen, uh, I thought that you know overall from top to bottom, from from start to finish, we played pretty darn well. There were some things that that needed to be cleaned up. We had eleven penalties in the game, and some some holding penalties at, cr- at critical junctures on offense. Those are things that uh, head coach Chris Ball and the Lumberjacks will tell you are absolutely correctable. Um, so from that perspective, I thought we moved the ball well at uh, at times very well. Our new starting quarterback, the transfer out of the Pac-12 and Cal, um, was Kai Milner. Uh, he 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 handled the offense very well. Didn't make any you know mistakes of any seriousness. Uh, we showed that we are much better at running the football. Uh, we went up against a, a Pac-12 team that is uh, exponentially bigger, stronger, and faster than they were two years ago when we went down there and shocked the world and beat them. So it, it's a little difficult to 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 get a feel based on that one game. But I think the one thing I can say is we we were competitive. We were in that game into the early part of the second half. And, and we didn't get blown off the field by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, I think this team has got uh, lots of possibilities heading into the Saturday's game in the Potato Bowl in Grand Forks against the Fighting Hawks. And this will be a much better test of NAU and a kind of a, a better litmus test to see where the Lumberjacks are as we take on a top 15 team in the University of North Dakota. Speaking of your defense, um, Kevin Clune came in um, as the new defensive coordinator. Do you notice, did he change anything up? I was trying to watch that game. I saw a little more three-man front. I thought I recall four-man last year, but I wasn't sure. Um, or what did, did you hear anything out of camp about how he's running his defense compared to past years? Well, that that your observation's spot on. Uh, very, very good on your part to to see that difference. A, a little bit more of a three man front look right now. Uh, we're we're kind of a a little bit of a a three three five look in a way. Uh, but we will bring you know a, a person to the line of scrimmage as a fourth rusher, an edge rusher. 
we we definitely look a little bit different in terms of that uh, base set uh, appearance pre-snap, but we're we're shifting around a lot. We we're exceptionally deep on defense at a pretty much every single position on the field. And you're right, Kevin Clune, he uh, he came in at the end of July. So yeah, that's a, an unusual time for a defensive or an offensive coordinator for that matter to come into a, a division one football program. But uh, as head coach Chris Ball likes to say about uh, Kevin Clune, he's known him forever, coached with him at Memphis when uh, Chris Ball was defensive coordinator for the Tigers and Kevin Clune was on his staff. So there's there's a, a familiarity there. Uh, Chris Ball, our head coach, is a, is a defensive, I say with air quotes, is a defensive coach. He's coached mostly defense his entire career. So he's able to assist uh, Coach Clune in, in getting him up to speed on the type of defense that those two uh, coaches want to see NAU run in 2023. So there's a big advantage there that helps to kind of mitigate the disadvantage of of Clune coming in in late July. So yeah, a little bit of a difference there, as you as you noted, uh, essentially kind of a three man front. But uh, you'll see a lot of shifting, a lot of pieces being moved on the chessboard, both pre snap and then in between plays as well, because we're blessed on defense with uh, exceptional depth at pretty much all positions. Yeah. As I look at my notes here, switching to the other side of the ball, um, obviously the first name I wrote down was Coleman Owen, the receiver. Mm -hmm. He absolutely tore us up last year down there in Flagstaff and have great respect for him. We have Bo Belquist, you have Coleman Owen. They both look the same, (laughs) same out there on the field. And um, if I recall correctly, I, you guys lost a few receivers in that Arizona game. Um, it looked like they got hurt or at least left the game. Uh, having Coleman Owen, you know, and having uh, Hendricks back, um, is it more, is it going to be pretty much a two-man show now heading forward with those injuries? Or have you heard anything? Are guys going to make the trip up? Well, you know, the the final travel list and, and those issues are, are TBD at, as we record this for the uh, UND Football 360 podcast. So um, not sure about uh, the personnel issues, but I can also say that the wide receivers room is also a room that has some kind of, you know, extraordinary depth to it. Uh, more depth than, than I've seen in, in the last several years. But I, I love the fact that you pointed out Coleman Owen and Hendricks Johnson specifically, because between those two guys, if you if you look at their careers combined at Northern Arizona University, uh, you're approaching a, a combined roughly 300 catches between wow. the two. Okay, a combined wow. uh, roughly uh, 4,000 yards or thereabouts of receiving yardage between those two guys alone. And, and that's a, that's, that, that's a lot of cat. That, those are a lot of catches and a lot of yardage uh, between those two guys. They're, they're exceptionally great ride receivers. They're fun to watch. Uh, they run great routes. They're great possession receivers and they're veterans and they're Arizona, Arizona guys. Uh, both of them come from uh, Phoenix area high schools they decided to stay in state and play Division One football in Flagstaff, and uh, boy, they are they are really fun to watch out there. Very dangerous wide receivers. Mitch, this is Matt. Uh, switching to the running game, T.J. McDaniel looks like hmm. a tough guy to bring down. 
Uh, looks like a transfer from SNU. How are you going to lean on him to to spice uh, spice up the run game? He, he's a he's a terrific runner. I, I'm really glad you asked about him as well. Both TJ McDaniel um, uh, is, and you mentioned SMU, right? So he's he's a, a Group of Five uh, transfer. Uh, just uh, a, a, he's a beast. I mean, you he, you look at him on the field. And he passes the eye test immediately. Like, okay, this guy is a uh, an FBS body, right? I mean, he's he's got that type of of look to him. Uh, he is a, in, you know, the way I, I I would describe his running against Arizona, he ran angry. I, I mean, he's a, he's one of those type of guys, and he's also an emotional leader in the huddle. But he's not the only guy in that running backs room that's a transfer that's that's made a, an instant impact on the Lumberjacks. You, you can also look to another guy, uh, number five, Devon Starling. He's a transfer from Tennessee State, uh, two-time All-Ohio Valley Conference running back there. And he's come in and, and made a big impact. And then you, you, you bring the veteran in, Drayson Hall, who did a two-year LDS mission out of high school in the Phoenix area. He's older by age and is kind of the experienced grizzled veteran in that room and and there's a lot of a uh, lot of opportunity to hand the ball off in a in a game against North Dakota on Saturday. Yeah, looking ahead, I mean, this is going to be this going to be a good game. I think um, we're, we're excited for it. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks. I think there there always is between these two teams. It seems like they're tight games and always you know a lot of a lot of playmakers are always on the field when these two teams get together last year's game was unbelievable down right. to the wire. I, I don't know how I was uh, UND pulled it out at the end there with that defensive stop. But I think realistically, I could, it could have got either way, the way both teams were moving the ball and with RJ Martinez, he ran, he, he played a nice game as well, but he's gone. He, he headed out to headed out to Baylor, but uh, Milner Milner seems to be their guy. Um, We'll let you go. We only got a little bit of time left, but can you touch on Milner for us, just for the yeah. fans to see what kind of what kind of player are we expecting here? Does he is he run a little bit, a little bit of both? Is he the new new style quarterback, or what do you see there? He's mobile, but he's not a runner per se, right? He's yeah. he's a little bit more of a pocket passer. A big time recruit out of high school in Phoenix, four star recruit. Uh, a lot of big time major FBS programs. Uh, went after him. He ended up going to the Pac-12 and Cal just could not climb up the depth chart in Berkeley, California and decided, hey, look, I want to come back home to Arizona and play Division One football. He's got a big time arm. Again, four star recruit. Um, uh, major programs wanted him and, and uh, coming out of high school. So you will see him very likely take the, the bulk of the snaps on Saturday in the Potato Bowl game. Mitch, thank you for spending some time with us and being our guest uh, as the Development Homes 360 guest. You know, I know you media guys like to plan your night out before. We're going to pimp for one of our Ooh. sponsors, Rumors, yes, please. Sports, yes, please. Bar, Grill, and Casino. They are almost directly east of the Alaris Center on Washington Street. Rumors, Sports, Bar, Grill, and Casino. Thanks again, Mitch, for spending some time with us. We look forward to welcoming you and the Lumberjacks to the Alaris Center this weekend. Gentlemen, an honor to be on the uh, UND Football 360 podcast. Uh, it's going to be a fun week, and I can't wait. I, I'm going to take that recommendation to the bank. <laughs> Friday night in Grand Force. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It's been a treat.
That's Mitch Stroman, the longtime voice of the Lumberjacks. When we come back, because Matt and Kelly need a break, they are absolutely worn out from our opening segment. When we come back, it'll be our Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview with our Hail Mary quiz. And then Matt and Kelly's picks, sponsored by Rumors, Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. And we've got a lot to discuss in that. It's going to be brouhaha, fisticuffs in our first week. You're listening to UND Football 360. Hey, won't you tell me, Mr. Lumberjack, is it one far forward and three for back? Is it two for stop and four for goal? Boy, ask the whistle pump. I don't know. This is Hunter Pinky, and you're listening to UND Football 360. That's the captain, Hunter Pinky, bringing us back. He, of course, is a graduate student in architecture at the University of Arizona, playing on the wheelchair basketball team. And we are playing an Arizona team, Northern Arizona Lumberjacks coming in for the Potato Bowl this weekend, 3 p.m. kickoff. And fellas, the young man who brought us back has quite a future ahead of him. It's always fun to listen to Hunter Pinky's uh, stories online and see just the words of wisdom that he has at a young age. It's uh, pretty incredible. Had him out there in Washington. That was a good one. Yeah, he was out with Schmidt's crew with the Huskies. And, you know, I, uh, I've i known his parents um, for a long time. There's a family connection there. My father used to work for the Pinky family um, <clears throat> down in Wishick. But, the, you know, I, I, I shared a story with Katie uh, earlier this year. And I'm going to keep private what that story was. But I said, you know, He's always been an amazing young man. His accident isn't what brought out the amazing part of him. He's always been a leader, um, but it has certainly accentuated um, no bad days. Whenever I hear somebody talking about bad days, I think a Hunter Pinky, no bad days. Correct. That is a heck of a – I never thought of it that way. I never never really said that to myself, never said that. But when you really think about it, I mean, jeez, our bad days are – Pretty good. They're pretty, They're pretty good. good around here, you guys. Pretty so, good. <laughs> we're sitting here doing this. I mean, we could be complaining about having a meeting coming up. We could. I mean, geez, is that a bad? You know, yep. that's not bad. We that's are. good. That meeting's an opportunity, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it gives us perspective on what's yeah, important. Definitely, in life, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. It is brought to you by our friend Craig Riando and his Thunder Lake Lodge cabins, cottages, groups, reunions, fishing, boat rentals. Year-round amenities, hunting season is coming up, birds. Right now, there's some birds. I'm not a hunter, but you guys can tell me. There's some bird things going on right now. Ducks are starting to fly. It's uh, getting exciting. Cool day, cool nights right now. Just That switched over the weekend, so that's going to stir some things up. And 40, 40 degree drop. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'll change things. Yeah, that'll so, change I mean, things. That keeps the, yeah. that keeps the geese a little bit, too. Yeah, hey, does, we better right? head yeah, south. Yeah, I think it's do- dove season right, right now. Yeah. Doves are open. Usually Doves. September 1st. Every Waterfall year. opens in a few weeks. Okay. So, I mean, it's a great place to go. Yeah, and Thunder Lake Lodge can take care of everything. They're, they're a year-round, summer, fall, winter, spring. Um, they are open. They've got accommodations for you. You know, you need to clean your ducks. You need to clean your fish. It's all right there. You cannot beat it. And you might even catch the owner Craig Rianda with a good story or two while you're cleaning those ducks. <laughs> you just never know. 
Well, fellas, we got the Potato Bowl, UND versus Northern Arizona. This is, I believe, all time the 10th matchup between these two. First game in 1967, the most recent just last year, 10th matchup. Three o'clock kickoff uh, for Potato Bowl. We're going to preview all of this. We've got our Hail Mary quiz, our 360 game preview. Um, we got Kelly and Matt's picks. You're going to want to stay tuned for this. It might come to fisticuffs because we got a real controversy in that one, but you're just going to have to hang around um, for that. We just got off the line with Mitch Stroman, and from what you heard from Mitch, Kelly, what are you looking to see from the Lumberjacks this weekend? Well, I don't, he didn't really know. <laughs> and so it was on the Pac-12 network, which nobody gets. And I don't know what, what you have to have to watch it. But I'm expecting them to go back to last year's tape and look what they had success with. Because it's the same offensive coordinator, Aaron Flugrat. Um, he will go, he'll spread UND out. I'm fully expecting. Now, what they would do, though, we, we, t- we touched on with Mitch running back TJ McDaniel. You mm-hmm. brought him up, Matt. He's a bowling ball. You know, he is, he's Travis Tice, South Dakota. Yeah. He's like, he's that. Yep. Just a bowling ball and tough to bring down. I have to think they're going to spread UND out. I mean, if we're going to start, you know, defensively for UND, spread them out and then run the ball that way because it's just not – Northern Arizona isn't a battle ram team. You know, that's just not their mentality. But – Get that kid going, maybe. I mean, we're thinking get, get, get him, him going, get get us in the flats, maybe a little zone, uh, you know, bubble screen zone. Try to pick off yeah. on some of our DBs, outside linebackers, things like that. Get us spread the field, and uh, yeah, attack us uh, at our weaknesses. And oh. yep, I think they they always do a nice job. They always have had good schemes. I mean, for years they've always had an offensive well, f- scheme that puts up points, and especially with. Uh, this Kai Miller, this transfer, yep. um, sounds like he's the real deal. He sounds like he's pretty no, looks four like, star, yeah, four star, four star recruit. Um, looks like the tape playing against Ares. Granted, they lost thirty-eight to three, so they didn't get much going on offense. Right. But you can tell he's a good player. So UND is yeah. going to have uh, their hands full with with. Uh, like Mitch said, he, he keeps the he keeps the play alive. He's not going to take off running. Designed, I mean, maybe they could design a run for him, but that's not his game. It's not. It's more the RPO stuff, I'm sure. Spread it, get it, you know, take off when you need to. He's good, big arm, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting matchup. Um, you know, one thing since we're still talking defensively, there. Have you guys looked at their offensive line? Light, 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 light. Where is it? Let me read these weights to you. And but I don't think it matters. I'm going to preface this by saying I don't think it matters. They're pretty it, good. It matches you know? their game plan. Yeah, they're quick. They're right. they got good feet though. The good feet, quick. Two seventy five, two eighty, two ninety five is the center. So their biggest guy is the center. Uh, transfer two seventy five, two sixty five right tackle. Interesting. I mean, but so I so what clip what plays I could actually watch? Um, they don't do too bad though. I think they're. Physically, and and the three of them are transfers, so they've played before at other their mm-hmm. previous colleges, so they're experienced. I don't know. I'm wondering if they can pull this. I mean, you don't see these. I mean, this is a D two two thousands level like mm-hmm. offensive line and how light it is, but it, it didn't look too bad. 
against Arizona. There were no egregious. I mean, guys weren't getting bull rushed and just blown off right. the ball uh, or anything. Uh, that was surprising oh. when you first said that. I didn't look at their weights. No. Uh, but I, when I watched the Arizona game, uh, yeah, you're right. I didn't see them get, just get destroyed on the offensive line. No. So they must be good athletes. It looked like they handled everything well, so. handled the stunts from Arizona pretty well. So, uh, And, you know, the yes. weights, yeah, the lighter you are, the quicker you are. But um, now, you know, for a lot offensive line. That should play in. We talked about McDaniel, you know, getting him going, getting the six foot two hundred bowling ball going. I can't imagine, you know, they're gonna move the line too much on us. I they maybe angle block us, you know, turn, get trap us, yeah, get front. get little things going, pull them, you know, get them moving, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. I think they're doing more of that this year. They're moving because um, big sky teams don't pull much. They might pull one, one lineman. Well, against Arizona, I noticed they were running like counter trail, like Joe Gibbs, Washington Redskins. They were mm-hmm. counter, like had two folk guys going. Folk, right. So maybe they're saying, all right, hey, we got a smaller line. Let's get them moving. Let's get some things happening type mm-hmm. of thing. I don't know. It was interesting. And another thing that they did last week that kind of flies in the face of what I said, but I don't, I don't think they're going to do it this week, is they had 12 personnel, a, two tight ends in quite a bit. Now, is it because is all it- those red receivers got hurt? Oh. That I, I brought up in the interview with yeah. Matt. I think three wide receivers left the game, mm-hmm. but it, they weren't the and two good ones. You know, they were the next three, let's call it. Do, and do they need the tight end to help block for, right. for the run game because they got a 65, 265. Are they max um, protecting? You know, yeah. were, they doing, were they doing something like that? Yeah, maybe. So that'd be interesting because big sky teams don't run 12 personnel very, you know, they'll do it, mm-hmm. but it's not their game. You no, know, they're not going to plow you. Anyway, you know, right. Weber did. Weber was good at it, but they're different. They don't play like the rest of them do. They don't play like UC Davis, you know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So it was interesting. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a handful. Uh, when, I sp- when I think defensively, you guys, um, Northern Arizona is always a handful. They just are. They have sound schemes, and they are the originators. If you, I remember back 2016. Remember that game? That's Clint, Deion Harris. Yeah, clinch yeah. the clinch the Big Sky title. We were down thirty-one to ten in the third quarter, and came storming back. And Dion picked it off, and that was against Northern Arizona. They had nothing to play for, and they came out gangbusters. Amazing game plan. What they were doing, they're max protecting, but they were um, how do they do that? Slide. They were slide protecting, sliding everything left because I think they had a left-handed quarterback time, little shorter guy, but he was very efficient. Um, they they were one of the originators against UND of slide protecting everything. So they're, they're, we couldn't get our pressures going. We like to bring six guys, right? We like to bring guys from all over. Well, they'd slide one way and then just throw out that way. So it was a wall. They were essentially building a wall. Now it's you only have two or three receivers in the route, you know, so there's little downside there if they're covered. But it was that they're one of the best at it that gave us issues back in the day, and I could see them. You know, I could see him going back to something like that, just something interesting, keeping the tight ends, going with that 12 personnel, and then letting uh, Coleman Owen and Hendricks Johnson, those two star receivers, letting them work. Right. Uh, Shannon, you already asked me earlier in the segment uh, about the outside linebackers. Better test for our outside guys this week. A lot more reads going to happen uh, with the RPO and, and some of that stuff that we've talked about. So um, better test for those guys this week. 
looking for our outside backers to step up. So you're going to see them drop into coverage more often? Yeah, you're going to see them having to read that tight end uh, if they're lined up on a tight end, if it's run-pass option. uh, That's that's a tough read to make. So uh, our outside backers are going to have to be on their feet and heads on a swivel this week. Does... Do the Lumberjacks, from what you've seen, and it's only one a one-game sample, but do the Lumberjacks have an inside run game? Do you expect them to be pounding the inside? I do. I think they're with McDaniel with now. McDaniel. And, you know, he mentioned they have multiple running backs, but that kid is such a load. It's like, well, yeah. you kind of, in the way UND plays offense, you kind of want to keep them off the field. They know UND is going to put up points. So how do you do that? Well, you they, they'll see the South Dakota tape. I mean, South Dakota ran Travis Tice on us two years ago. He ran all over us. Last year, he was effective. He wasn't quite quite as much. But UND can be had by these bigger physical running backs when they, you know, a little insert, they insert the tight end, you know, that new new age blocking, I call it, where it's a little different, little different pull scheme, whatever they call that stuff. But um, it it can get to us, and we do have issues with it at times. Um, maybe everyone does. I don't know, but... I, I expect them to run. I do. I expect them to run quite a bit. Try to establish that versus just they're not a they're not going to be a high flying you know uh, up tempo pass sixty five times. It's not going to happen. They're they're going to want to run the ball and then take their shots. I get they got those two good receivers. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be Danny Freund is going to he's going to have to put up some points. Mm-hmm. Matt, I, yeah, I, it's just a, I'm talking thirties. He's going to have to put up some points to win this game because Northern Arizona always comes in with talent. But the problem, always when you bring in transfers, they're not ready yet. They're not They're not just all cohesive. Mostly, they don't know what each other mostly. does. You know, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not that, especially defensively, I'm thinking for Northern Arizona, you don't know what your corner is doing, your safety next to you. Yeah, you don't know each point. other yet. Yeah. You know, it takes a little time. Right. But I'm not, nothing against their, you know, them as people, personality, or anything. it's more of just knowing how they play, how the guy next to you plays. So, yeah, it. Um, I don't know. I, I see more 12 personnel. Yeah, it's just um, it's going to be interesting. Defensively, I'm a bit apprehensive, just a little worried because, you know, Joel's got to adjust. Joel's going to have to be ready to adjust quickly because teams always come out with something against it, that 3-4 is a different look. Not many people run it. Well, and and Mitch you know? made the comment that it's more like a three three five. So which is yeah, there, yep, there's yeah, or there's yeah, there even yeah, there, there's their defense too. Yeah, so so that's going to be a, something a little different that Danny's going to have to address too for um, putting points on. And the board. they, I think they're bringing more pressure. I mean, if we want to switch to the offensive side of the ball now, they're bringing more pressure under Kevin Clune. So they got new new defensive coordinator in town. I think he showed up. And I read the article. July 29th, I want to say something like that. They hired him. Well, camp starts August 3rd, you know, August 4th usually. for yeah, he, had, so. he had four days to move in and get ready. Yeah, yep. Learn, That's a lot of time. <laughs> install the defense on four days. So, yeah, that was, uh, de- that's more, that was definitely That's more time than the SIU offensive coordinator had oh, to geez. get ready. He that left was, after camp yeah. started. What did you do like, last year? Okay, it looks good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. But you know what I see Danny doing to them? When I new defense, new players, they got one, two, three. You got a handful of transfers playing on defense. They got a few guys back. They got six starters back that played against us last year. I wrote down. Um, so not terribly terrible amount of changeover, but 
I think I see Danny motion him. Lots of motion. Let's let's flip some guys. Let's motion. Let's do this. Let's come out of the huddle. Go back. Shift all three receivers to the other side. Let's just. Are, are we going to see the tight ends come out to the numbers and go back off the field again? Like oh yeah. Been seeing. Yeah, well, I don't know what that one. <laughs> you know, that was last. Where did that go? Right? Yeah. That go? Well, we didn't use it in week one, but it could show right. up in week yeah. two. Yeah, that was that was interesting too. But I think you got to make these guys because if you recall Missouri State last year. Missouri State, their defense, you know, you just didn't quite know. We're a little bit indifferent out there. They were always on their own page, it seemed like. Well, Danny motioned them to death. And they're looking at each other. And palms to the sky and who's on and who's got covering him, you know. And I think that's what you do to Northern Arizona. See how they, But if they cover it right away, if they got it or if they're not adjusting and they're just sticking with their call, all right, nope, now we're good. Now we just go ahead, you know, play. By the way, the Hawks so. did try to pull off their look into the sideline pass play last week that worked against no. North Dakota State. And <laughs> yeah. what we learned is Drake kids are smarter right. than North Dakota <laughs> yeah. State kids. True. Now, Good point. who yeah. would have thunk that? But um, that's how it turned out. So. Right. But, um, Matt, I don't know. I, I'm going to turn to you. I've been talking way too much. People get sick of hearing me. Offensively, what do you want to see, Matt? I want to see a big run game. I, I want to see our running backs um, – Control the game. I think that's what we need to do against this three-three-five defense. Um, looking for Isaiah to have a big game, um, and you know that I think this one we have to establish a good run game to open up our 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 passing game. I inside think in, inside run game, correct? Too. Yep. yep. Like yep. I, we need to, especially you know from last week. You know, Drake, say what you want, but this week against a a, a formidable opponent. We need to establish our run game, get confidence in that to establish that. We know we know what we got for wide receivers. We got 35 of them on offense. <laughs> yeah. um, but we need to establish a good run game. And uh, NAU in that, three, in that three-man front will be a good opponent to do that. You know, it's interesting. They got, uh, you know, a D-tack, two D-tackles, big dudes. Marco Ching, 6'3", 290. Nehemiah Magale. Six one three oh nine. So when you watch the tape, they're moving these guys though. They're big dudes, but they're doing a little more twisting, a little more stunts, a little more slants. Yep. Uh, you know, this year, do you notice that? Yeah. Uh, Even with these I, big guys. I, a little more twists, and that they, they like to have fire blitzes. Like mm. every other series, they sent a fire blitz okay. um, where, you know, it's going to be a good test for our alignment to be able to pick that up and recognize yep. that when that's coming. So, um, With all that movement up front and them being this size, I know they can obviously move their feet or the defensive staff wouldn't be doing that down there, but that's why you run inside. Get the inside run game going because if they want to pick a play where they're, right. where they're moving, well, you just ride that, them out of there. Ride right, them right that, out of there. That opens know. up opportunities for us to be able to have a good right. run game. If yep. you pick that up, that's I don't. There's that's some a, games that's a for at least the first down every yep. play. So Some games the outside run game just isn't isn't as important in my mind. Like there were games like, God, years ago, I remember Richmond in that playoff game. We said we're not going to run outside because they sat outside. They sat their outside backers off the wing, and they just sit out there, and they made this little funnel. Well, so UND just kept running Santiago in those little tosses, kept running inside, 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 and it was working. But that, but they were okay with that because they wanted to slow you down, keep you running. They were going to mm-hmm. give up yards that way, but it was working. And I don't know, I sense this as being one of those games. Um, inside game, 
and then just the typical passing game. I don't think there's anything that it's not a, I think they're safe in the back. They don't take a whole lot of chances back. I mean, they're not man to man every play it's man when they're blitzing. You know, it's zone the rest of the time, cover three. It's it's your normal stuff. So I think we'll see the same same passing game we always see. I don't think any change there, but inside. I want to see the inside zone game. Well, let's move on to Kelly and Matt's pick. It is sponsored by Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. Rumors has a new bus, so you can pick up uh, or you can catch the bus um, at Rumors, get you to the game. It's also available to rent for weddings, parties. Call for availability, uh, folks. And remember, the NFL is back this weekend, so uh, the NFL package at Rumors, uh, you can sit all day, uh, take in the festivities while watching your favorite NFL team. Before we get to Kelly and Matt's pick, it is also time for the Hail Mary quiz. Um, the answers are impossible. The prizes are ridiculous. I don't even know if any of you did, did either of you win that last bottle of Miller High Life from my beer fridge in the garage? I don't think we got a right answer last week. Um, this week's prize is one leftover piece of apple crisp from last week's tailgating. You know, it was 95 degrees at kickoff. So you're taking a few chances if, if you win and you're eating that, but Maybe you'll get a buzz. There might have been a little fer- fermentation. I like to test the immune system. so I'll, There I'll... you go. So that is this week's uh, leftover <laughs> piece of apple crisp. <clears throat> this is, as we said, the 10th all-time meeting between Northern Arizona and North Dakota. Um, Arizona won uh, the first two in convincing fashion in 1967, 39-10, 1985-41-0. Um, they split as big, si- big Sky Foes in 12, 13, 14, and 16. That's the era that this question pertains to, the Big Sky era. Matchups in 12, 13, 14, and 16. During those games, five men threw touchdown passes for North Dakota in the Big Sky era. Name the five men that threw touchdown passes for North Dakota in the four Big Sky matchups. Mm, boy, I'm writing And down. you're working together. Molberg, Bartles. I don't know if Molberg is one or not, but I'm going to go Molberg, Bartles, because I remember that was the shootout down there, yeah. down in Arizona. Uh, uh, boy, then we got, what, 14? That's Bubba's first year. Bubba's oh, first year. Gosh, who was... Who's, Oh my! Well, Studs Rude before that or after that? Well, Studs Rude, he had, he played partially through the year. He got Eastern Washington. They got okay. You've he, got he, Ryan Bartles. You have one of the five. just Bartles. I'm gonna give you Bartles. No Mulberg. Studs Rude. Studs Rude. Yeah, he was okay. 16. You got Keaton Studs Rude. You got Jeez, Ryan Bartles. Guys. Ryan oh Bartles threw gosh. a touchdown to Kenny Galladay in 2013. Keaton Studs Rude um, threw a touchdown pass in 2016. Yeah, and then. Jeez, 2012. Joey Bradley? 2012? No. Nope. Nope. No Joey Bradley. Okay. Who am I forgetting? Why am I forgetting these names? Right. I'm like, I'm like I had losing. Keaton Studs. You guys call uh, and give? I, that was my uh, contribution. You I, call and give? Yeah. On the, the Hail Mary. Okay, here, here are the men. Here are the five men that threw touchdown passes. In 2012, Braden Hansen threw two. One to oh, Jameer. Oh, God, he took Braden over Hansen. Yeah. One to Jameer Jackson, one to Greg Harden. Marcus Henderson threw one to Greg Harden in 2012. In 2013, Ryan Bartles threw 
four touchdown passes to Kenny Galladay in a shootout, Mm -hmm. which was won by um, 48-27 by the Lumberjacks. In 2014, no touchdown passes. Um, But Reed Tobenheim hit a game-winning field goal with four seconds left. And then in 2016, number four was Keaton Studstrude through a touchdown pass. And here's the impossible answer. Also in 2016, Brady Oliveira threw to Luke Fiedler. Oh, that's oh, right. Touchdown. I, did, I, did, I knew So it was Hanson, Hendrickson, we Bartles, Studsrud, <laughs> and Oliveira, and I get to eat the last yeah. piece. Was that the toss, uh, little toss pass or yeah. something, I think? Yeah. I think yeah. You're, you are right. So right. so much for um, you guys are really terrible at the yeah. Hail, Hail Mary <laughs> quiz. Okay, so let's move on to uh, Kelly and Matt's pick by Rumor Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. Now, I want you two to play nice on this because we're going to have to go to the commissioner last week kelly picked the hawks 48 to 7 matt picked the hawks 42 to 14 you both got the game right we go to the tie which is what total points kelly you were off total points by seven matt you were off by six (laughs) matt wins week one sweet and now you can argue it's not a close that's the criteria we usually go i picked 48 7 it was 55 7 how could i lose points because you were seven points. Well, off. the difference you're off. Matt picked forty-two. No difference in uh, each total, team. Is the way points. I always did it. Bob Barker. How, how many were you? <laughs> Here off? we go. I knew it was coming. Here, whoa, 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 whoa! How many were you off on the offense? How many were you off on the defense? That's the well, difference. Here, how many were you off on two, your prediction? There's two things. That's there's how it two works. Two things that are going on here. We have always used total points. Total points has always been our thing. Now, we're, we can go to the commission. Three minutes left in the game. I was spot on, and spot I was on. not happy when Drake decided to not tackle Donovan Hunt on that play. What are you Donovan doing? Run like, just end. tackle him. Take they, a they, knee. They had a little trouble on the edge yeah, the I other know. day because um, Zebarth got, got an edge. Too. Weren't we they, at 42? Yeah, we were at. 42-14. No, we were it, was at 41. For, it was 48-7. It was 48-7. Exactly we, what I predicted. Right, but it, before <laughs> that. Okay, it was, we it was can, 41 to 7. I'm like, we oh, can go, sweet. This is going to be awesome. We can go we to the commissioner to... because with total points, Matt's only off by 6 because he said 42-14. Kelly's off by 7. We can go to the commissioner. We can call it a draw. It's up to you two. I don't get into this. <laughs> I, I like working with both of you, and I don't want to get into it. So we're going to take a week to decide who um, actually won that. And Man, you know what we'll do? Let's start a Twitter poll. We'll start a Twitter poll. We'll start it. Yeah, everyone uh, listening, get ready. Get Hit Kelly Twitter. Won. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We'll let them. Kelly won. We'll, them, we'll explain it quickly. Maybe a quick explanation. Here's the quick who explanation. Who wins this? Who wins Yeah, this? we'll just say who wins Last this. Last week, both our football experts oh. took the Hawks. So they both got the game right. Usually the tiebreaker, usually, is total points. Matt picked uh 56 total points kelly picked 55 total points there were 62 total points in the game kelly picked 48 to 7 matt picked 42 to 14 you tell us who won let's go to this week we got a big (laughs) matchup we got a 3 p.m kickoff and by the way folks our friends at the fighting hawks broadcast network 2 p.m um for them on the pregame jack michaels mike berg and Paul Ralston, um, please join them. They've got a great pregame, great coverage, and it is a 3 p.m. kickoff. 
Northern Arizona, the Fighting Hawks for the Potato Bowl at the Alaris Center. Matt Nelson, you're going to go first this week again because we couldn't decide a winner this week, and you were the loser last year. So, Matt Nelson, who do you have in this one, and what is the score? Well, going to be a good matchup. NAU, great opponent uh, over the years. We just talked about how it's been pretty even, Stevens, over the last 10 matchups, uh, or at least in the Division One era. Um, it's going to be a tight ball game. Uh, good opponent. I don't think they're going to be intimidated by the Alaris. Uh, they play in a dome themselves, so they know what it's like. Uh, they're practicing that all week. Total points. I First, I want to say that I think it's going to be tied at halftime. And in fact, I want to mm. see a tie at halftime. Well, you get absolutely nothing for that prediction because it's not part of our criteria. I know. I'm just prefacing okay. this, but... <laughs> See, I'm going for extra points. You're going for extra That's not going to be my tie pick. Um, I'm right. Hawks, down. thirty-one. Hawks, thirty-one. Northern Arizona, twenty-one. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna put up some points. On the us. national champ has the Hawks, 31-21 in this one. We turn it now to the All American Kelly Howe. Who do you have in this one, and what's the score, Kelly? It'll be a fun game. A lot of fireworks. Always is. Potato Bowl is always raucous atmosphere. Should be good weather for tailgating outside. Fans will be ready to go. I'll be ready to go. Matt will be ready to go. Shannon will be ready. We're all fired up, right? Right. Yep. So, Eating potato salad. Yep. Eating yep. potato Something. salad. Yeah. So this will be a good loaded. one. I think I saw an early line on Maddox Sports since all the other um, books are gutless now and won't put out lines until Saturday morning. I think I saw an early line at UND with 14-point favorites, which I could believe. I mean, I believe on paper, you know, on paper. It mm-hmm. probably makes sense in a math equation somehow. But um, I got to cover. UND covers. Covers again. I think last year, last week, I don't even know what it came out at. I never caught it because they were putting them out like 30 minutes before the game. Oh, they wow. were so <laughs> – it was awful. Yeah. So I didn't even see it. I think it was around 30. It came out is what I read. But um, so UND covered last week. I think they cover again this week. Uh, I'm seeing points. I'm seeing points put on the board. Uh, I'm going to go UND 37 to 20 and 57 total. I See, think... this is unfair. He just adds a touchdown to each one of my scores. That's why you oh. got to win one of these times because you keep losing. Yeah. Then you always have to go first. <laughs> it's a simple game, yeah, Matt. 30, yeah. 37 20. Whatever. So I think uh, UND covers. Yeah. And I think I don't know the total. Total probably be around there, fifty-seven. I would guess in that range. Sounds you know, it's a, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it'll go over or under, but um, I'm I'm seeing a like you said. I don't think there's at any point. I don't think UND pulls away and destroys. It just doesn't happen in this game. Um, there's talent talent on the field both sides, but I think eventually UND comfortably wins the game. Everybody heads out happy and um, enjoys their night in Grand Forks. So, Kelly Howe has the Hawks winning 37-20. Matt Nelson has the Hawks 31-21. And, Matt, you know, you got to knock out the champ. That's the way it goes sometimes. It'll happen. In order for you to come back. The host never picks the game to make uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all those phone calls a lot better. Uh, But I'm kind of on a Quincy Vaughn routine. And, you know, I got pretty doggone excited when I saw Quincy catch a touchdown pass because last week I predicted he would catch one and throw one. We didn't get to see him throw one, but here's what's going to happen this week. I'm still on my Quincy Vaughn uh, track. 
uh, rushing touchdown for Quincy Vaughn. Rushing touchdown for Quincy Vaughn. And speaking of Quincy Vaughn, does anybody have more fun playing football than Quincy Vaughn? Yeah, yeah he seems to seems to be enjoying himself and his new role. And um, hopefully, we get those get the tight ends going again, going again this week. Um, the short yardage stuff. But yeah, I could see Quincy doing. Sneak it in, drop the plow, fourth and goal on the one or something. <laughs> Our special fourth and one package. Yep. All right. Any last thoughts? Matt Nelson, we'll go to you first. No, exciting game, Potato Bowl. It's out, net, Try never to miss this one, folks. Um, it's always a good time. It's it's going to be nice out. Uh, another 70-degree day, pro- I think, is in the forecast. So tailgating should be pretty fun. Uh, potato Bowl, it's always a big crowd. So, um UND, I think we're going to be just fine. I think it's going to be a tighter ball game than Drake. So if you want to watch some good football this weekend, come out to the Laris. Kelly Howe, final thoughts? Be good. Be fun. I'm excited to get up there. Um, it's always it's always a great atmosphere, as we said. So folks, get out. Um, UND, or in the city of Grand Forks, always responds. Responds well to this weekend. I think everybody's been waiting for it. They, it seems to be an event, one of the major events in Grand Forks. And it'll be... Should be good weather, I think, 70s. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. 70s. Small chance of oh. some morning showers, but I think well, that's changing as yeah. we get I mean, through. We're not made of sugar around here. We're so. not made of sugar. Yeah. Well, yeah. but I mean, we kind of Sugar's are. important. Sugar's we are important. Kind of <laughs> it's important. It's important. Hang on. I got to fund a lot of projects. Let's not, right. let's not hammer sugar around here. But, um, no, it's going to be a great weekend. Fun working with you guys again. You know, I try to get the two of you to fight. You're both too nice to fight. I can't even get... <laughs> Any fisticuffs started. Maybe that's a post-game. I'll have to buy you a couple beers and see if I can get you to swing at one another one of these times. But always fun working with you. It was great uh, having Mitch uh, Stroman on today, too. Uh, great uh, interview fans. Uh, thanks for listening to UND Football 360. You can catch more of our coverage at undfootball360.com. Watch our X feed. I don't know. Matt, what else are we on? We're on a bunch of stuff now. Yeah, we're on Facebook, um, UND Football 360 there. We're on Instagram. Uh, we, you know, we, we're on Spotify. Snapchat, too. We're on Spotify. Yeah, it's on I'd, Spotify for those people. That's the only, the only social media I really don't know how to use is Snapchat. So Snapchat. if somebody yeah, wants to do no. that, run that and one the for one us. And the one thing we won't be on this week is what? We won't be on live during the broadcast. Yeah, yeah uh, we got a little trouble we there. Got, we, we, got, we, got, yeah. uh, we got spanked a little bit on that. But you know what? We're it's learning. Right. What we're if learning. we go outside? Ah, I still I don't, I don't know. know. You can't do highlights. I think it was what was going on behind you. But anyway, yeah. you know. It, <laughs> that was great timing. It's, it's you got to give, you gotta give yeah. us credit. That yep. was yeah. excellent timing. Mean. Yep. We, uh, <laughs> we, led, we led the highlight reel on that. So uh, the UND Football 360 podcast is recorded at the Three Run Single Media Studios in Rocking Horse Farm, Fargo. For more coverage, visit undfootball360.com. Kickoff 3 p.m. at the Alaris Center. For Kelly Howe and Matt Nelson, this is Shannon Schweiger. UND fans, stand up and cheer. Go Hawks.